Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Pixelated Sausage Podcast for the week of Friday, July 9th, 2021. I am your host, Mark Nez, and today I've got a few games to talk about, including Blitz Breaker, Mena and Michi, Indigo 7 Quest for Love, and Onorike. And I'll get to those very shortly, probably not so shortly, actually, when I tell you all what I'm here to really talk about, because uh, I'm going to start off things like I usually do with a bit of rambling, and this time it's actually important to you, the listener. And uh, so... I think this has been pretty obvious, but maybe I'm a better actor than I think I am. Maybe I am better at hiding things than I think I am. But I feel like it's been pretty obvious for a while now that my heart really isn't in to the Pixelated Sausage podcast. And I have been doing my best to still provide solid episodes that are informative at times, enjoyable in general, and just are of a quality that is good for y'all. That isn't like, oh, God, they're really phoning it in. Something that is still a solid product. But for me, I haven't really enjoyed doing this podcast for months. I don't think it would be as long as a year, but it's been a while now. I much more so enjoy doing Attack the Backlog when I was doing Animes and Libaka with my friend Justin. I enjoyed the hell out of that up until the point where it became clear that there was no future for it for various reasons that I don't need to get into, but I adore doing that show for the longest time, and, and then it just it had to end, sadly. But this show is just sort of remained because it's a legacy product i think i haven't double checked but i think this is actually the 10-year anniversary of this podcast and the fact that i didn't realize that until last night when i was thinking about what i was going to do for this podcast and recording this episode because i knew i wanted to confront this this stuff i was like wait i think because Pixelated Sausage started in 2008, and I had distributed failure for the few years, those first few years. And I'm pretty sure the Pixelated Sausage podcast started in 2011, and I think it was maybe around March. I know the first episode was about Man of Steel. So whenever that came out, it was around then. So it's been a long time. This show has lasted for a while. I've put out... 700 and whatever episodes i'm not numbering them currently but they're they're probably close to 800 there was a time when i was doing a show every weekday and then i think i did every weekday except friday and then it was every alternating weekday so like the scheduling for this show has been all over the place i don't think i've ever gone bi-weekly with it but it has as you know for a while now been just a weekly show and that is, I, I think, something that is telling of my uncertainty as to what this show really is. Because it doesn't have an identity. It is just the Pixelated Sausage Podcast. That means it is the podcast for the website that I own and put all my crap on. But it's not like this is about this specific thing. Whereas Attack the Backlog is about going through my backlog and tackling 
one game at a time and focusing on a singular game per episode. And then Animes and Limbaka was about anime specifically. And, and we were focused on one main anime and then we'd you know, maybe ramble on at the end. But it was focused with each episode on a specific show. And with the Pixelated Sauces podcast, there is no identity. The identity is me. And so I don't... I don't know what to do about all of this right now because I just, I enjoy doing Attack the Backlog so much more. I really enjoy my venture into streaming, which is only, I don't even know if it's been two months yet, but I've been enjoying that. And I would like to put on more YouTube videos. I've been wanting to do a quick look type of thing that's called What's This or something along those lines, which is basically just like the title of the episodes would be What Is blank and blank would be the name of the game and i would just go through a game and try and give you uh, an idea of what it is and then you can make up your mind because yes i i'll give my opinion but it'll be more of a free-flowing unedited hey here's what the game is here's what it has to offer i think this about it if you if you want to try it out there you go and i could also stream them as well uh, but it's just, I don't know. Like the, this, this podcast could turn into just my ramblings and nothing else. And, and I could, of course, still talk about games here and there, or, or, or I'd still talk about games. It would be more a rambly mess as opposed to this more structured thing. It's been for a little while where I'm like, these are the games I'll be talking about and then make sure to talk about them. And then I, and the episode, uh, I don't know, or I could do the, what's this series for YouTube or some other kind of series thing and then just take the audio from that stuff and mash it together, uh, the week's worth of content or whatever, and put it out as a podcast and just call that the Pixelated Sausage Podcast. Maybe put in a beginning bit that I recorded and an ending bit that's really brief or whatever. I'm not sure. I don't, I don't want to just cut things off with the show. And I, I don't feel like, even though I probably should, that I'm going to take a break while I'm figuring things out. But I don't think it's good for anyone for me to keep doing the show as is while I'm not enjoying making it. I don't think I am providing you with the best content possible. And of course, y'all may disagree and say that it's, it's, I've still been enjoying the show. It's still been a pretty good show. I, I can't say if it is or isn't. Uh, I haven't heard negative feedback. I've heard only good to uh, find things or whatever. But yeah, it's just... My heart isn't in it. I'm not enjoying the act of making it, the act of recording it, the act of anything it did. And I don't like that. Like, I'm, I'm trying to think more of myself this year but at the same time I'm also trying to think of what content I can create that both I will enjoy and you the viewer the listener the what have you will also enjoy to the highest degree I don't want to provide you with just okay content I want to provide you with great content I want to provide you with content you genuinely enjoy and look forward to listening to to watching to whatever and I'm still just, I'm trying to figure things out. 
Because the Tats of Backlog, I adore. I adore making that show so much. It can be stressful at times, especially the script writing process. And of course, some of the games I play end up being really bad. And they piss me off a whole bunch. I'm, I'm looking at you going, Commando. You son of a bitch game. Why do you have to be so disappointing? But it is an incredibly rewarding show to put together. And the streaming, as I grow gradually has been really rewarding as well and fun and has made certain games better and experiences better. It's made bad games not enjoyable per se, but less of a pain, less stressful than they would be otherwise. And it's made other games that would be good otherwise just extra memorable. Like playing Doki Doki Literature Club with everyone in the chat uh, interacting and having those who were already aware of the game had already played it and were like, oh man, it's about to get going here. And people who didn't know what was happening or, or what was going to happen and were as shocked as I was when things dropped. Like That was such a fun experience. And that is unique to streaming. I wouldn't get that any other way. So I, and I, and I think that like that particular stream, those two nights, me playing Doki Doki Literature Club, I feel like, and I could be wrong, but based on the feedback I got both during and after, I feel like that was some of the best content I've put out in years. And it was just me playing the game while people were watching. Nothing crazy there. But it was just this shared experience with this unique special game that I think was really enjoyable for a lot of people. And that's what I want to do. I just, I, I want to provide people with quality content and I, I would like to do more things more free. I, I, I want to streamline things too, as well. It's just that it's, I don't think it's good for even my other content like Attack the Backlog and streaming when I know that in the back of my head constantly I have the knowledge that I'm also doing this other show called the Pixelated Sausage Podcast that I have to get out. I can't just focus on this and this because I have to at least put some time to the stuff I will be talking about on that show and to have me dreading everything related to this show the whole time. It, it becomes a distraction, however minor it is. And it inherently has to take away something from everything else. Even if it's barely noticeable or not even noticeable at all. Like there is still something there that it is taking away. Even again, if it's the most minute of, of things. So what this means... In the immediate future, nothing really. But uh, a month down the line, things may be very different. I, they won't be very different. It's like the backlog is still going to be going strong. I've got like eight months worth of episodes, not completely finished, but in various stages of production and pre-production. Uh, I, I at least have eight months of scripts written and finished and then episodes in various degrees of finalization, whatever you want to say. And I think I may actually 
fast track the Doki Doki Literature Club episode and put that out next, which I don't think is this week. I don't think the episode, I think it's I still have a week to, to, to wrap that one up, even though that one will be really simple because it's a short episode that is basically just saying, hey, I, especially if you know me, you know I don't really like visual novels. In fact, I've never liked one until now with Doki Doki Literature Club. But the thing is, I can't talk about anything about the game really or it's going to lessen the experience. So let me just tell you that I really like this game. It is the first visual novel that I liked. Oh, and wait, I didn't just like it. I loved it. And you should really play it. However, just uh, some spoilers here and a little caveat. If you are prone to having issues with this or that subject matter, if, if this may trigger you, then you should probably not play it. Or you can Google what happens in it to get an idea of the dark themes within it. And if you do think you'll be okay with it, then you can give it a go. So I'm basically reciting the entirety of that episode because it is pretty damn short. But I want to put something out there that just sell, uh, sells, that tells people that Doki Doki Literature Club is an amazing game. It is a special game. It is a unique game. It is a game that if you are someone who has never been able to get into a visual novel before, it may be the one that finally draws you in because it did that for me. It is not only my favorite visual novel I've ever played, one of the few I've finished, but it is my favorite game of 2021 so far. I don't see that changing, and it is one of my favorite games of all time. And when I say that, that means it's in the top 100. I think top 100 is a hard list to crack. Some people will say, no, that, I mean, top 100, that's a lot of games. Well, guess what? A lot of games have come out over the last 30 whatever years. So being in the top 100 is a pretty big deal. I've played thousands of games over my life across all these different systems. And being in the top 100 is pretty good. It's not at like 100 too. It's it's, it's lower in there. It could be in my top 50. It's just it's just difficult for me to to pinpoint it because one I have to go through and I've been meaning to create my top 100 list for a while now. And I just haven't gotten around to that. But yeah, I might fast track that episode just so that people know, given that it's it's just come out, that they should maybe really consider it. Even if they look at it and they're like, this is not for me. Guess what? It's way more than what you think it is. And I just, I can't recommend that game highly enough. But back to this whole heart not into it and what am I going to do? I don't know. Because I, I do want to return to covering anime in some degree as well. And I'll probably revive the Animazingly Baka moniker, the title. And just, I don't know if it would be a podcast type of thing again or if it would be a singular episode thing that is on YouTube and then I throw into the podcast feed or something because I love that title. I don't want to let it die and there's no real point in waiting for the potential of seeing the show as it was returned because that's just that's not going to happen. I, I can promise you that. I don't need to go into the details. It's nothing like bad or anything, but just 
given the way life turns out, you know, the, the time people have allotted for this or that, it, it just doesn't line up schedules and everything. It just, it's not viable for Anamese and the Baca to ever continue uh, in the way it did. So what that means for it, I don't know. But I do want to put more Anami content out there again. I don't have anything at this point. Uh, and not really sure how that's going to go. Uh, and also, like, maybe when I get a decent enough following on Twitch, if I ever do, I could do just chatting things too as well, where I can use that as an outlet for talking about anime or, or whatever. But, uh, yeah, it's all it's all a learning process. It's all a, I don't know, I was going to say healing process. It's not really a healing process. I'm not hurt or anything, but I just, I want to, I want to get to a point where I love every single thing I do and I enjoy every single second of it. And I look forward to everything because I think that will not only benefit me, but benefit you as well. So I just wanted to put all that out there and... I, I would love any feedback from all y'all. You can tweet at me at PX Sausage, email me. Uh, it's just my name, M A R C, at pixelatedsausage.com. Like, do whatever. Tweet, email, comment on the site, follow me, follow me on the old uh, Twitch, twitch.tv slash PX Sausage, and join the chat. We can talk about it there. Whatever. Let's, uh, Let's talk about things, right? Let's 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 hash things out. Cause I would love to know what all y'all think and feel and, and whatnot. Um but yeah. I, I like the, the the biggest thing for me is just that the thought of ending the pixelated sausage podcast period of just saying this is the end is scary. It has been going on so long that I don't, I don't feel right killing it. But maybe that's what has to be done. Or like I said, it, it can just turn into something else where it's, it's not exactly its own thing, but a. Specifically, the the podcast feed itself it becomes, a feed for all the content from Pixelated Sausage, where it it could just be, I'm. Additionally, going to put Attack the Backlog episodes on it and any anime stuff I put on there and this thing and that thing. And it could just be like the the pixelated sausage feed. Instead of just being the pixelated sausage podcast, it is the pixelated sausage feed where you get Attack the Backlog episodes, you get reviews of current games, you get anime review, you get all these things. I don't know. I do not know. But uh, we'll figure things out. We'll figure things out. We will figure things out indeed. Anywho, enough of all that. So, on to what I've been playing. Blitzbreaker is a really, really, really awesome platformer. I like this game a whole bunch. It surprised the hell out of me. It's a little tiny game from East Asia Soft. I think that's the publisher. I always get confused with the publishers. I believe it's East Asia Soft. I'm not sure if this is the game they partnered with uh, Rotolike Games, so that Rotolike Games developed it. 
I think maybe I'm going to the official club on my Xbox to check to see if I can. Oh, I can go to the, the Microsoft Store. You can hear those clicky clicks in the background. See, I'm not editing this crap out either. This is just a raw uh, episode. But yeah, it is East Asia Soft Limited and then developed by Boncho Games and Rada Like It Games. It is $5 uh, with a launch sale of $4 like most of their games. And I really, really like this, as I said a minute ago. It is a platformer with two main mechanics, jumping and dashing. And your real mechanic is dashing, which is 90% of your movement in the game. And when you dash, you, you do so by pushing the analog stick or the D-pad in one of the cardinal directions, up, down, left, and right. And when you do that, you will move at a pretty fast speed in whatever direction you push until you hit a wall which stops your momentum. And your jump is like, this. it's barely anything. It's basically high enough so that in certain cases, if there's a hazard, some spikes, you'll jump just high enough so that at the apex of your jump, when you dash, you'll be able to clear those those spikes but for the most part you were just dashing and stringing together dashes to get where you want to go and the levels are pretty simple in that you are just going collecting keys to open doorways to open paths smashing through things and eventually getting to the point where you have to pay attention to your momentum and the surroundings and time your dashing and be quick with it or slow it down so that you avoid obstacles and hazards and stuff like that. They throw in conveyor belts that you use and then you have to slow down and just let the conveyor belt move you along because you can't you you can't move your character via walking or anything like that. It is just the dashing and jumping. So you can't there's no slow movement. It's zero or a hundred. Zero, standing still with the ability to jump or dashing at 100. And the thing about it is that it just, it feels really, really good. It is super satisfying to dash around these spaces because, in part because of the speed of it all. So you can string things together and feel like you're just like, this is a game that if I was into speedrunning games in general, I would want to get really good at this to speed run it because it is just a super satisfying experience going fast as a non-competitive whatever player and the thought of trying to min-max it to find the best route and the the absolute highest speed I can complete levels in sounds appealing. I started playing this game earlier today because i just got the code last night i think and i thought you know i'll just play it for a little bit get an idea of it and then i can tell you what it's basically about and then i just kept going and going and going they have these boss levels like the, the first one is where you have to get through this thing while the like ceiling is crumbling down after you and it does require memorization to an extent, but I think they give you enough time to think on the fly and, and figure out the way to get around things. And it, it just uses a lot of cleverness uh, in some of the way you were navigating via the dashing. It's like using one of those rotating 
marble mazes things where you're you're rotating the the platform to get the ball into the space uh, and, and then you have to like you know you you rotate the 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 board so that it's completely uh, going down i mean the directions when i'm trying to talk about these board things doesn't make sense but let's just say you're rotating so the ball's going to go north and you do it at such a steep angle that it moves really fast but then you have to do it so that it, it's not so it it feels like one of those damn maze games okay in a way at times but it's just it, it's really really satisfying and at four dollars or five dollars if you missed the the launch sale i can recommend this highly enough there there is more than enough enjoyment to get out of it for that money i've i mean i got a code for it yes but i got way more than five or four dollars worth of enjoyment out of it already and i have not finished it there's still plenty of content for me to experience looks pretty good you know it's just the typical pixel art type of game but it it's a lot of fun i'm enjoying it quite a bit uh so that is again blitz breaker and i'm playing on xbox i i feel like it's probably on everything because these games usually are on everything and it would this <laughs> this game would probably be awesome on switch as well because of the fact that the joy con has the the d-pad the, the button d-pad as opposed to the directional d-pad so i imagine this game would be pretty pretty satisfying on the old switcheroo then mina and michi is a top-down action adventure puzzle game where you are controlling two characters simultaneously if playing solo or you can at any point drop in with another player you press a button on the first player's controller and it'll give control over to a second controller so that they can control the other character and it's pretty simple you're going from room to room finding keys to unlock doors so you can progress to the other room finding different abilities and objects that will allow you to say push a block or fight a not fight but a shoot a projectile and so on and it it reminds me so much of some game that came out that i feel like it has to be from the same developer because visually and just the the way it's designed it feels exactly the same and i can't remember what it's called it was like super box deform land or something super d something land or whatever but what this game does that annoys me is that when playing by yourself, I understand controlling the two characters simultaneously and being able to uh, control them each with the the different analog sticks, you know, for, for places or times when you have to put one on top of a button so that a doorway will open or a gate will open so that you can take the other character and put them through and then you can progress to the next area or get them to press something so that the door will stay open on that side and then the other player the other character can come through i get all that it's fine but when you don't have to do those types of puzzles i wish there was just a button you could press that would say have the other character follow me so that i don't have to constantly be pushing these analog sticks together and controlling both of the characters individually all the time. I wish there was just a way to, when I don't need to control them individually, that I didn't have to. 
because it's just kind of annoying in those cases where it's just like, okay, I'm controlling them both individually just because that's the only way to do it. And I am forced to do that. But in this stretch of gameplay, there's literally no reason for me to do so, but it's a, it's all right. The two characters have different strengths and weaknesses. Uh, I think Michi is the robot. And so the robot can't take damage, which is good. And then the human, I don't know what the human's benefit was, but it's fine. It just, I, I wish there were some additional things thrown in there uh, control-wise for when you're playing by yourself. I wish a little bit more thought was put into that, into the single-player experience. But uh, yeah, it's all right. Nothing super special. It doesn't uh, help that uh, I played that. Well, I played it. I played that before Blitzbreaker, but Blitzbreaker has just kind of overtaken every other game that came out that I played, uh, which is bad for every other game, but good for Blitzbreaker because it just shows how much I enjoy Blitzbreaker. But then Indigo 7, Quest for Love, is this matchem puzzle game, I guess, with a story and art and characters that are heavily inspired by Scott Pilgrim, only they're more annoying and I don't like the writing or the story, and I disengage with all of that immediately. Glad you can skip all that crap, because I had no interest in that almost from the very, very, very first second. But what really bummed me out is that I think the gameplay is pretty shitty. The way it works is that it's all hexagonal grid-based, and gameplay will vary from competing against another player whether that's a human or an ai or doing more individual base puzzles where you're fighting against the clock the in in most cases in, in most of the cases but especially in the the competitive versus adversarial stuff where you're fighting against another player the speed at which it it works makes it more frustrating and, and doesn't really allow for you to think creatively about the way the puzzle works, which I find frustrating because I do like the way the puzzle system works, but I think it would be best if it was just, hey, can you figure out how to do this in as few moves as possible or by creating the highest combo possible? Because the way it works is that you start off in one of the four corners and you are a blank space. And the the grid, the play area will be comprised of anywhere between three to six colors. And you have a little bar at the bottom of your play area that you press left or right to change the color of what your your space is. And you are just constantly trying to expand the area, the colors that you have control over per se. And so if the the space you have in your corner is next to two yellow colors, two yellow spaces and one orange space. You could do orange to lock in that orange one and then the yellow one to lock in the yellow. And then the, the orange ones will also like, you're, you're, all the ones you own will constantly be changing to whatever color you are currently using, identifying as. And you're just constantly expanding your reach how much of the landscape of the space you have control over until you 
clear the entire player until you have all of it become one singular color. And the way you build up your combo is by creating your next cascade, your next jump in color uh, if it's more. So like in, in, in the instance I just used, you pick yellow or, or whatever one it was. You say the, there, were, there were two yellows and one orange. You pick orange and that's one color that you changed. Then you pick yellow, which are two, and you add that uh, to your things. That's two instead of one. So your combo meter goes up and now you have four spaces. Uh, uh, and the last one you did was two. Then say there are five greens connected to your current thing and seven blues. You pick the green and the, the combo meter goes up and now you have whatever, 10, 10 spaces. And you just, you keep this, this string going, constantly one up in yourself hopefully not going too far so that you can keep this string going of more and more and more. Because once you convert less than your last number, the combo is, is dead. It resets. And I really like this gameplay mechanic. I, I was super excited when I first started playing and, and with the, the tutorial. But then the next thing they do, the first like real mission is a game against an AI opponent, which wasn't part of the tutorial. And I was just, I was taking my time trying to find the best route and the way to keep my combo going and just, you know, thinking about it creatively and, and trying to get the best score. And then before I could really do anything, the, the match was already over and the, the AI beat me because it, in those modes, it's just about clearing the board as fast as possible. You have a certain number of moves, so you, you want to make sure that you are able to clear it. Otherwise, you're just going to be screwed because you'll, you'll run out of moves and, and not have cleared it. But the speed at which those games go right from the get-go just made it a, a terrible... It, it made it so that instead of thinking about what I was doing, I was just like, okay, I just need to get through this. I just need to power through this. I don't have time to think. And that fucking was a bummer. And then there are individual-based ones, but even those, while better, they can they can be weird in how they're set up. And then I I failed one where I was like, how? What happened? I still had moves right. And I still had time. Like, what did I do wrong here? It just ultimately became a bummer because I think the core mechanic could be great if the design was better, but the design, I, I just i am not a fan of. Then, Enrique is a 3D platformer that, I don't know, it's about being in dreams or something. The problem for me is that I found it visually very, very unappealing and distracting and unpleasant to look at because it uses this sort of artistic stylized texture mapping or whatever that looks somewhat like colored pencil in a way and what i hate is that it's not on every single character or every piece of the environment but it is on your character and certain other characters and i think maybe on parts of the environment but it is constantly going back between i don't know three four whatever number of different like texture maps so that it's constantly changing and i found that super distracting and unpleasant to look at because it looked more so like the game was 
always trying to load in the right textures and was failing to do so. And I understand that this is a stylistic choice and that some people might think it's really cool to look at that. I found it incredibly distracting and it took away from any real enjoyment I could find in the game. But then I also just found that the the movement and the gameplay was sluggish. I don't know if the frame rate was off or something, but it just felt off to me. Uh, and this, again, could be a stylistic choice in how they want the, the character to feel, but I did not like it. The jump, I, the controls themselves don't feel bad exactly. Like the jump feels responsive in that I, 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 it's weird because I feel like this is some oxymoron, some hypocritical shit. Like the jump feels good. But it's just that overall, it's, it feels sluggish like there are missing frames or something that is potentially a stylistic choice or it's actual performance issues. But I'm playing it on the Series X, so I, like, why would there be performance issues with this unless there's something actually wrong with the game, which I don't think is the case. But it just... The visual choices and the gameplay failed to grab me and, and I, I I bounced after like a half hour. So I, I don't really feel like I can speak on the game to any real degree, any extensive degree other than to say I, I found it visually unappealing and you know, whether it is actual performance or just the way they decided to handle gameplay, I, I did not I did not enjoy the way it felt or looked. So yeah, bit of a bummer there. But yeah, that's that's it. Game-wise, I've been continuing to stream Yakuza Kiwami, which has taken me forever to get through. It literally took me like five hours to get through Chapter 8. One stream, I made literally no progress. It was ridiculous. But I'm ridiculous. I love the game. I mean, there's a reason why I've been taking so long to get through it. It's just because I like being in that world. I think the combat is one of the weakest parts, if not the weakest part of the Yakuza series, which is why I'm excited to eventually get around to 7, to Like a Dragon. But the world, the story, everything is just so good. And I, even the story of Kiwami isn't that great, but it's just all the sub-stories, the writing in general. Like, it's just... It's such a good time. And it's not like Kiwami's story is bad or anything. It's just that I'm coming off of... Uh, after having played Yakuza 0 not that long in the grand scheme of things. And Yakuza 0's story is fucking amazing. It is incredible. Yakuza 0 is an incredible game. Yakuza 0, I don't really think I thought about it that much, but it's, it's probably a top 25 game for me. I adore that game so fucking much. I love it, love it, love it, love it. I need to... Yeah, like I feel like my top 10 is pretty solid but i'm thinking about other games I'm like oh where would this fall in there because i just immediately thought of because these are the two big series that i want to get through is yakuza and resident evil i'm like god damn yeah. resident evil remake that, that that remake of the first game is so fucking good how is that not in my top 10 and then i'm thinking about my top 10 i'm like well yeah but like because the, the the top 10 bioshock metal gear solid the Elder Scrolls 3, Morrowind, Deus Ex, 
I, I think I recently bumped to the moon and put it at number five and then KOTOR at number six and then seven, eight, nine, ten would be in some order into the breach, Pokemon Blue, Grand Theft Auto 3. And what the fuck was the, the last one in the top ten? That could be Resident Evil Remake, but I feel like there's something that is so obvious. But if it's so obvious, why can't I remember it, right? I don't think I had another Metal Gear Solid in there, even though I I, I think Metal Gear Solid 3, 5, and 2 may be in my top 25. I just adore that series so fucking much. It's it's insane. I'm looking at the, the, the last 2,000 years. <laughs> no, I'm looking at the... the the 2010s to see what is on here. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't see anything in here that would be a top 10 candidate other than to the moon, which we already know is there. I'm pretty sure it was probably on the, the Player One podcast Discord. GOT, greatest games of all time. But yeah, I, was there not? I'm looking at the archive. I don't see one. Did we really not do a top 10 games of all time thing? I guess not. Anywho, uh, I, I think that's a, a fine place to end this here episode. I hope you all enjoyed it. But uh, yeah, that will do it for this here episode. Once again, I am Marcus Nez. Y'all can find me on Twitter and pretty much everywhere at PX Sausage. The site is, of course, pixelatedsausage.com, where you can find this podcast and Attack the Backlog, both of which are available on podcast services across the globe. You can check out me streaming over at twitch.tv slash PX Sausage. I stream Mondays through Fridays, 8 p.m. Central to 11 p.m. Central, and then I might throw in random streams here and there. Uh, I'll probably do some more this weekend in the afternoon. Don't know what. Maybe some Hitman 3, because there is a, a a very sad lacking of Hitman 3 streams. I can't believe it. That game is like such a... And also, that game is such a great game for viewer interaction, to, to, to have that shared experience where it's like, okay, I want you to take out this person with this weapon or this thing. Take out enemies here only using a banana, only using this, only using a can of soup, whatever. Like, there's There's so much fun to be had with the the viewers with that game but i could just play some more apex because i keep playing it and then i get annoyed with it i delete it and then i re-download it thank god i have gig internet at this point because it's fucking so easy to download it it's so easy to to make those rash decisions because i could so easily re-download something at this point but yeah that is again twitch.tv slash px sausage to watch my stream though again and the guaranteed streams are always Monday through Fridays, 8 p.m. Central to 11 p.m. Central. And I'm still making my way through Yakuza. I don't think I'll finish tonight, but who knows? Maybe maybe the, the final handful of chapters, because I'm in Chapter 10 now, maybe the final ones are all pretty quick. Though at the same time, I'm pretty sure like Yakuza 0, the last chapter was like two hours of cutscenes at the very least. So yeah, that, that definitely makes it harder to believe I'd actually finish tonight. And I'll probably not just power through the story because why would I want to do that to myself? But uh, yeah, the the uh, other stuff I make. So for instance, if you'd like to check out the 
more edited, refined quality video content I put out there, you can go over to youtube.com slash pixelatedsaustin and you can watch episodes of Attack the Backlog there or what have you. I highly recommend doing so. I think the video version of Attack the Backlog is the best version. I really enjoy making them and I hope and like to think you enjoy watching them as well. I think it's, I guess I kind of like it, but it is weird that uh, YouTube has changed the, the way everything is set up so that you can see the number of likes, but not the number of dislikes. You can dislike something, but you don't know how many people, how many other people have disliked something, which as a content creator, it, it makes me feel more comfortable putting out strong opinions. Like it, it definitely makes me feel way more comfortable uh, about the idea of returning to more regular anime content because I got to the point where I'm just like, I'm, I'm, I'm sick of this. This isn't rewarding anymore. And watching this, this, back and forth between likes and dislikes on certain videos. I'm just like, oh, this, I don't like this. So, you know, it might be good for me at least, but I don't, I don't know how much the, the YouTube watcher feels about it or what they feel about it. But again, that is youtube.com slash pixelated sausage. If you'd like to check out the art I make, you can go back to the site, pixelatedsausage.com. And if you see something you like, you can purchase a print of the piece you fancy. And if you fancy the site in general and anything that we do, please go over to patreon.com slash PXS and support us that way. As always, thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this here episode. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast, you know, despite the fact that I haven't been super into it. I hope it's still been an enjoyable thing and we will figure out where to go from here, how things will change, how they won't change and all that good jazz. But thank you for listening all this time, all these years. If you are someone who's been a listener since the very, very beginning, I applaud you. You are a legend. You are incredible. And I heart you 3000 or whatever that whole Iron Man thing is. I watched someone watching Endgame. So that is on my mind. And me who that is it. That is all. Thank you all again. And I hope you all have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your day and an absolutely lovely week. And bye.